This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. Hi, my name is Dr. Lou Diaz, pastor of Butte Bible Fellowship located at 2255 Pillsbury Road in Chico. And I'm providing inspirational teaching for you from God's Word each week. Listen to my weekly radio program, Encouraging Words with Dr. Lou Diaz, at 10 a.m. on Saturday or 10 a.m. on Sunday. If you would like to hear my current message series, you may call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521. I'm going to read to you John chapter 16. John 16, Jesus said, All this I have told you so that you will not fall away. They will put you out of the synagogue. In fact, the time is coming when anyone who kills you will think they are offering a service to God. They will do such things because they have not known the Father or me. I have told you this so that when their time comes, you will remember that I warned you about them. I did not tell you this from the beginning because I was with you. But now I'm going to him who sent me. None of you ask me, where are you going? Rather, you are filled with grief because I have said these things. But very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. About sin, because people do not believe in me. About righteousness, because I'm going to the Father, where you can see me no longer. And about judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you, what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for inspiring me to present it in a way that will personally apply to every person here. And I pray that your Holy Spirit would bring home this message to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. This message from John chapter 16 is entitled, In Jesus You Have Peace in a Troubled World. We have peace when we go through the following, when we're going through persecution, when we're confused, when we are asking for help when we're grieving, when we need direction, when we're overwhelmed. Now just stop for a moment and try to identify which of these you need the most. Do you need peace because people are picking on you? Do you need peace because you are confused and you don't know which way to go? Are you uh, needing peace because you're begging God for help? Are you grieving? Are you needing direction? Are you overwhelmed and stressed out? Well, I'm glad you're here, because this message is just for you.
First of all, let's put ourselves in the sandals of the 11 disciples who are in the upper room on Thursday night before Friday when Jesus is going to be arrested and go through six trials and he's going to be whipped and then he's going to be nailed to a cross and he's going to die for your sins and mine. So this is the night before Jesus is going to be arrested and crucified. And what's he doing on that Thursday night? He's giving last and lasting words to his disciples. He is saying to the 11 men what will prepare them for his death, resurrection, ascension, and for their future ministry. He's giving to them the most important marching orders you can possibly receive. However, what is the state of the disciples at this time? If you put all of your heart into serving and following Jesus as the Messiah, and you've given up everything to go and see him establish his kingdom, and he says, I'm leaving, suddenly you're devastated. You are experiencing fear and grief and confusion, and you are overwhelmed. And Jesus speaks to every one of those needs. He speaks to the needs of the disciples then, and he speaks to our needs as his followers now. Let's see what he says. With regards to persecution, there's peace in Jesus when persecuted because Jesus says in John 16, 1-4, all this I have told you so that you will not fall away. They will put you out of the synagogue. In fact, the time is coming when anyone who kills you will think they are offering a service to God. Now this is what is very important. Jesus is a realist. Jesus does not spin doctor something into all positive language. He's not a Pollyanna that says, oh, don't worry about it. Don't worry, be happy. No, he tells it like it is. He says, I'm telling you in advance so that you can adjust your expectations and so that you can be prepared. It's a rough hill going upwards. If they will persecute me and kill me, they're going to come after you. Keep your eyes wide open because it's going to happen. You're going to get kicked out of the synagogue and you're going to be a martyr for me because they hate me and I'm in you. And he's telling the disciples this in advance so that they wouldn't fall away. Remember when Jesus told about the four kinds of soil and one of the soils received the seed and started to grow, but then the sun shone on it and it withered away. Some people trust in Christ, but the moment the faith gets hard to live by, they give up. The moment they're picked on or persecuted for their faith, they pretend like they're carnal or um, pagans, and they give up. 
Jesus says, don't do that. Continuing in 1 to 4, Jesus says, they will do such things because they will do such things because they have not known the Father or me. I've told you this so that when their, their time comes, you will remember that I warned you about them. I did not tell you this from the beginning because I was with you. And now I'm going to him who sent me. So as long as Jesus was with the disciples, they were not going to be persecuted. Now he's going to be crucified and he's going to die on the cross for our sins and the unbelieving, hateful world who is anti-Christian is going to persecute the Christians. Is that not happening today? It's happening around the world. And you are in a bubble of exception here in the United States for the most part. For the most part, we're not persecuted. But when we're persecuted, we should not be surprised. We should expect it because Jesus said so. Don't fall away when the going gets tough. Go to the Lord. Secondly, we can have peace in Jesus when confused. Now, when you read John 16, there's a lot of confusion on the part of the disciples. And we read about it here in John 16, 17, and 18. At this, some of the disciples said to one another, what does he mean by saying, in a little while you will see me no more, and then after a little while you will see me? And because I'm going to the Father, they kept asking, what does he mean by a little while? We don't understand what he's saying. Jesus is saying, I'm leaving, but somehow you'll see me in the future. Now, we have the advantage, this side of the New Testament, to know Jesus is going to go to the Father, send the Holy Spirit, and uh, he will rise from the dead on the third day, and they'll spend... Uh, 40 days with the risen Christ. We know that. They didn't know that. They were clueless. They were confused. And um, in verse 19, Jesus saw that they wanted to ask him about this. So he said to them, Are you asking one another what I meant when I said, In a little while you will see me no more, and then after a little while you will see me? And uh, verse 25, he says, Though I have been speaking figuratively in a veiled way, a time is coming when I will no longer use this kind of language, but will tell you plainly about my Father. I came, he says in verse 28, from the Father and entered the world. Now I'm leaving the world and going back to the Father. Wow, Jesus now speaks very clearly. He says... I was God, I put aside my glory, became a human being, and I'm going back to God and resuming my Shekinah glory as God. He couldn't say it any clearer than that. And the disciples said, now you're speaking clearly and without figures of speech. Now we can see that you know all things and that you do not even need to have anyone ask you questions. This makes us believe you came from God. This makes us believe you are God. You came from God. You're going back to God. You are God. They believe. Now, have you ever gone through a time of confusion? Has the Lord ever said something to you or you've read something in the Bible and you don't get it? 
as you keep seeking the Lord and wise, godly counselors, God makes it abundantly clear to you in his perfect timing. God is not the author of confusion. He's the God of peace and order, and God reveals things that help us make sense of what's going on. Number three, peace in Jesus when asking for help. You have two times where Jesus talks about a new style, a new approach in prayer. Before, when Jesus was with the disciples, the disciples would always come to him and ask questions or ask for their needs to be fulfilled directly to Jesus. Jesus says, when I go to be with my Father, you're to pray to my Father in my name. Let's read about that in John 16, 23 to 24 and verse 26. Jesus says, in that day you will no longer ask me anything. Very truly I tell you, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. Imagine that. Jesus is saying, I am giving you a blank check to ask God for whatever you want according to his will with my name in the signature of that check. And I have an unlimited bank account. Ask whatever you want in my name, with my name signed on that check, and God will cash that check for you. Now, we're not talking about money. We're talking about God's provisions, and sometimes it's money. But we're talking about Jesus teaching his disciples before he goes the importance of praying in Jesus' name. Do you pray in Jesus' name? I think all of us do, don't we? When we pray, we say, in Jesus' name. What does that mean? It means we're asking in accord with the will of God and the character of Jesus. We're asking by the authority of Jesus and aligned with Jesus' kingdom purposes. We want God to be glorified. And we are to pray in his name. Now notice in verse 26, in that day you will ask in my name. I will not, I am not saying that I will ask the Father on your behalf. No, the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. Isn't it wonderful to hear that God loves you? When you pray, you are not overcoming God's reluctance you are receiving his willingness to answer your prayer. God wants to answer your prayers more eagerly and readily than you are to express your prayers to him. You have not because you ask not. We're to ask God and he will provide. We're to come before him in the name of Jesus. So this is very important. Jesus is teaching his disciples, before I go, here's some important things you need to know. Number one, you're going to be persecuted. Uh, number two is who I am. I am God. I'm going, I was with God as God. I'm going back to God as God. You need to believe in me. And number three, you need to know how to pray. You need to pray in my name. And number four, peace in Jesus when grieving. In John 16, 5-6, Jesus is talking with the disciples, but they're not really listening to him. How do we know? Watch this. 
Jesus said, I did not tell you this from the beginning because I was with you, but now I am going to him who sent me. None of you asked me, where are you going? Rather, you are filled with grief because I have said these things. Rather, you are filled with grief because I have said these things. Now, here's the thing. When a person is filled with grief, they are self-consumed. All they can think about is themselves. So Jesus says, I'm going back to the Father, and they say, well, that's nice. They're not even asking, well, what's that going to be like, and, and what's going to happen, and, and uh, what's the first thing you're going to do when you go back to be with the Father as part of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? No, they have no interest in that because they're so consumed by their grief. Jesus says, I'm leaving, I'm departing, I am moving on. I won't be with you anymore. And they're so devastated. They're so grieved. They cannot think outside of the box of themselves. Have you ever experienced grief like that? I think we all have. We feel sorry for ourselves. All we can think of is how much we're going to miss the person we love who's in the dying process. And we're very, very sad. In John 20, 20 to 23, Jesus says, Very truly, I tell you, you will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. So when he's crucified, when he, they don't even know he's going to be crucified, but even though he announced it to them three times in advance, they're very forgetful. After, when he's crucified, the world will rejoice. Ah, got rid of that guy, a rabble-rouser who could threaten our security as a province of Rome, and we don't want to have our lifestyle disturbed in any way. Good riddance that he's gone. But the disciples who knew him and loved him for three years are going to be beside themselves in grief. But Jesus says, your grief will be turned around to joy. Your frown will be turned upside down. Your frown will be turned upside down. How and why? How is that possible? Notice this in 20 to 22. So with you, now is your time of grief, but I will see you again, and you will rejoice, and no one will take away your joy. Because Jesus will rise from the dead on the third day, they will see him again, and they will be filled with overflowing joy, and no one can diminish or take away the joy of being reunited with Christ. So when you and I lose a loved one, or we're in the process of losing a loved one, we may be grieving because of the love we have for that person. But be of good cheer, we'll see that person again, thanks to Jesus rising from the dead. Because Jesus rose from the dead, we have the joy of resurrection hope. Do you believe that? It makes all the difference. And yes, Jeannie Pease, I look out at you, and I think of the death of your 24-and-a-half-year-old grandson, who was just a wonderful singer and musician, and after uh, complications from surgery, went home to be with the Lord. 
And you said to me, I'll see him again. What comfort that brings to our hearts. All because Jesus made that possible. And then there's peace in Jesus when needing direction. Look at verse 7 of chapter 16. But very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you, but if I go, I will send him to you. So Jesus is saying, if I go to back to the Father, I'm going to leave you the Holy Spirit. He's known as the Comforter. He's known as the Spirit of Truth. He's known as the Advocate. And He will live inside of you. I'm only limited when I'm in this physical body and can't be with you all the time, but the Holy Spirit will be in you and be with you all the time. He is a comforter. He's a counselor like I am. Same kind as me, John 14, 6. So he's teaching about the Holy Spirit here. And the Holy Spirit will guide. Notice it says, I have much more to say to you, more than you can bear. But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will Speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. Do you need direction? Do you need counsel? Do you need comfort? Do you need encouragement of someone coming alongside of you and putting their arm around you and saying, yes, you can. Here's the way. That's the role of the Holy Spirit in Christians' lives. The Holy Spirit's main goal is to bring us comfort, encouragement, and understanding, and God sent the Holy Spirit to lead us and comfort us, and the Holy Spirit will correct us and let us know when we need to address sin in our lives, and he'll guide us and he'll nudge us and he'll lead us as we take the next steps in faith, and the Holy Spirit will reveal truth to us, the truth of the word that will change our hearts and set us free and build the character of Christ in our lives as we obey him. The Holy Spirit brings us peace and reassurance and strength to live the Christian life. You can't live the Christian life in the strength of your own flesh. The Holy Spirit is our companion, our, our one who comes alongside of us, our best friend forever, our BFF. Our, the Holy Spirit is our personal trainer. Jesus did not abandon his disciples. He left them in order to give them the gift of the Holy Spirit, his presence inside of them. That's what he's trying to say to the disciples. And he says it here, and the final point is this, we have peace in Jesus when overwhelmed. John 16, 33 is a promise from Jesus. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. And the word, word for trouble is to be pressed down. As I mentioned, it's the word for stomping grapes. You are the grape, and the pressure of the world is the big foot, and you feel the pressure squeezing down on you and the juices squirting out because you're overwhelmed. You're stressed. You are um, pressurized by the troubles in this world, but... Jesus says, take heart, I have overcome the world. I heard something that really blessed me this week. If you were discouraged, 
if you were overwhelmed and someone came to you and said, be of good cheer, it would sound very superficial and it would be an insult, really. But when Jesus says, be of good cheer, it's because he's in charge. So he's not saying a superficial, you know, hey, buck up and cheer up, uh, you know, keep a stiff upper lip and carry on. He's not saying that. He is saying, I am in charge of everything. I know what's going on in your life. I am the Lord. And I say, by you focusing your eyes on me and trusting in me, take heart. Be a brave heart because you have faith in me. I have overcome the world. Now, what does that mean? It means I am victorious. Why can you and I be of good cheer? Because Jesus won. Because we're on the winning side. We are victors through faith in Christ. We're more than conquerors through Christ who loves us and gave himself for us. For that reason, no matter what comes, come hell or high water, we can take heart. We can be encouraged because our eyes are fixed upon Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. He's the victor and we're following him no matter what. So peace in Jesus comes in these hard circumstances because of what Jesus has taught us. When you're persecuted, it's to be expected, and you're to be prepared. To be foretold is to be forearmed. When you're confused, the Lord will give you clear understanding. He will speak clearly to you and give you his wisdom. When you're asking for help, how are you to pray? In the name of Jesus. And when you grieve, what do you have? The joy of resurrection hope. Because Jesus rose, we shall rise too. Because Jesus rose, we will see our loved ones in the Lord again. And do you need direction? Jesus is the spirit of truth who leads you and guides you into all truth. Are you overwhelmed? Remember, Jesus is on the throne. Jesus is Lord of lords and King of kings. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, this is a shot in the arm we all needed because we can feel sorry for ourselves. We can just shut down and be insular, thinking... Woe is me. Why is everybody picking on me? I'm so confused. I need help. I don't know where to turn. I'm just grieving. I'm lost and need direction. I am so stressed out and burdened. We can get into that, those conditions and stay in them, get stuck in them. But Lord, instead, we can look to you as you have told us to, and we can be encouraged and comforted and loved and 
buoyed up by your Holy Spirit. So Lord, minister by your Holy Spirit right now in everybody's heart. You know what they're down about, what's discouraging them, what's troubling them. Jesus, be our peace in every circumstance and every challenge and every obstacle. Lord Jesus, victorious Jesus, be our peace. You are our all in all. You've done it all for us. And we rest in your finished work and praise you for your victory to come in its fullness. Oh Lord, we have just rehearsed in our hearts and minds what you have gone through on the cross on our behalf. And we, of all people, we are stunned by your amazing grace. We didn't deserve to be saved. We don't deserve to be forgiven. But Jesus, you paid it all. You became our ransom. Through faith in you, our sins are forgiven. We've been set free from the tyranny of the devil and sin and death. And now, Lord, we are yours. You've purchased us with your precious blood. We belong to you and we thank you for our salvation. Do you need encouragement? I want to share my spiritual gift of encouragement with you. If you would like to hear my current message series, you may call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521. Call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521 to find out how you can connect with our weekly worship services and faith-building messages from God's Word.